Welcome back to the Fierce and Pharaoh podcast. I am your host, the Free Spirit Barbie, and today we have, well, I think we're just now like, what are you, a co-host at this point? Um, my wife, Kirsten Scott. Hi. Co-badass. Co-badass. Well, that's cool, because I'm sure you're just going to be here for all the things now, because... We're incredibly entertaining, apparently, and I love that for us. Yes. Uh, but today we're going to talk about a very, um, I think it's just really a topic that not a lot of people talk about it in general, and um, because of just a lot of the, the shame that's held around it and the repercussions that happen when, when you talk about it in general, and that is sobriety. And I also and, think a lot of people don't know that about us. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. Um, and there's reasons yeah. kind of for that. And we're going to chat about that a bit. And I mean, it's really interesting because it's one of those things when I tell our story to people, I'm always like a, let's see, one of the things I wrote down, like I want on my manifestation list for my perfect person was um, to be sober from drinking. And uh, especially, and that was, you know, just being, you know, raised and around a lot of people like alcoholics and addicts and everything. But something that I've always really like truly, um, admired about people who are in AA or pursue a life of, um, you know, being clean or sobriety is just the, the willingness and the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, their pursuit of just self-improvement. And it really is connecting themselves and their spirituality and to learn just to be better. And I've just always admired that in people. And I decided that I wanted to have somebody that was like that. And then when we met, you were like our first conversation. You were like, hey, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been, <laughs> been, so, been sober seven years. It's like the longest relationship I've ever had. Yeah. Seven years now. Now. Yeah. Six years. Six years. I met. Yeah, well, you told me seven because you got me. I thought it was seven. I was all jacked up. Yeah, years kind of blended together. It's been an interesting last few years in general. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, where do you want to start when it comes to sobriety? Do you wanna you wanna tell your story? Do you wanna do you wanna do anything with that, or do you just wanna jump right into questions? I mean, I think we can both tell like our part in it, right, and then go to the questions. Um, I'll let you go ahead and start because I do have a podcast episode. Um, go ahead and I will reference it and put it in the show notes below talking about my sobriety and a little bit like that, stuff like that too. So please feel free to go back and listen to me sh- just chatting away. And that was around a hundred days of being sober. Yeah. Um, and now it's almost at eight months, Woo-woo. but I'll let you go ahead and just chat and we'll go back and forth on that. Um, Okay. So I quit drinking when I was 22 years old for the the wrong reasons at the time, I would say. Like, I did struggle and have issues, but I was told that I needed to stop. Not that I wanted to, not that I was making the decision. The decision was made for me, um, and it was difficult. I lied about it. I didn't tell people about it. I especially did not tell my friends because... When you're 22 years old and partying with everyone. And live in freaking Nevada. Yeah, living in Nevada where it's a 24-hour state and partying is easy. Um, you, you, I mean, realistically, we, we know how kids those age are. I knew deep down that my friends were not real friends. And as soon as they found out I wasn't drinking, then they would want nothing to do with me. So I faked it. Fake it till you make it. 
And I did that for probably... Way too long. Uh, way too long. It's impressive. Yeah. I got really good at it. I'm still really good at it. People drink and I'm the most drunk you would think. Seriously, like you guys, like any any time we're like, wait, who's the one who's drunk right now? Or who's the one who's smoking and intoxicated? You're the one, you'll, you'll say and do the stupidest shit. It's yeah. just incredibly entertaining. I do. I'm like the most damaging too. <laughs> like I'm the one that does all the stupid stuff and haven't... Like, not a drop of alcohol involved. But you'd think it. How long do you think you, like, faked it? Like, faking it to the extent of going out to parties and stuff and just, you know, putting a Red Bull in a... Yeah. In a thing. Parties, bars, clubs. It's a lot of Red Bulls. It's a lot of Red Bulls. I thought I was going to die one night. <laughs> like, I, they knew that I could drink, and I drank probably, like, seven Red Bulls, and mm. I was laying in bed that night, and I'm like, I'm going to die. This is you're, it. Okay, for people who are listening, she's a, she's a tiny person. You're not very... You're not a large no female I mean I was probably at the time like my drinking I was probably about 160 and I'm 5'7 so I was bigger than I am now but it was still there's a lot I went yeah. from a lot of drinking to a lot of Red Bull <laughs> yeah well and I mean I mean we have to do what we need to do to survive and I don't blame you for I'm like nobody really even knew that I'm sober like nobody really knows that I'm sober people are like oh wait what huh yeah. like because heaven forbid the meditation teacher and positive psychology all the things has problems or issues that they struggle with and like yeah I, I don't even bring it up to people most of the time just because it's just not worth the energy like the random questions that you get yeah which is wrong we don't have a problem we had a problem. Mm-hmm. Like That's, we yeah, are cor- valid. correcting said problem now, you know, and it's like by doing that, like I don't know. I hate. I just. I hate like, oh, you have a problem, or oh, you are an alcoholic. Well, yes, but I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Mm-hmm. Like I. Yeah, yeah. It's even like just saying. Like, you're an alcoholic or anything. It was hard for me to say it for a while. My sister really made me say it. It was so, I was so uncomfortable with it. Um, But it was, you know, good uncomfortable. Uh, But, yeah, people just assume, like, oh my gosh, you're just out of control then. Which, for me, when I see or hear people when they, you know, they say I'm sober and stuff, it's, I never see it as they have a problem. They definitely had one, but they're actively working to be better. Yes. It's like they're overcoming and it's an admirable trait that I admire so much. Um, and honestly, you and your mom are the first people I've met who've been able to keep their sobriety. I've never met some people who actually keep them because eventually it gets to the whole, you've been sober so long, people are like, well, I mean, it's not, it's, I don't, I never really had a problem. I was just emotionally unstable. I can drink here and there and then they go on the whole rant. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, and I mean, and it, that never goes away. Like, you're always wondering, like, did I have a problem? Yeah. Did somebody tell me I have a problem? Like, what would it be like now? How is it going to be? I mean, we know this. Like, I struggled when I first moved out here. Like, living in Florida on the beach where it's tourists and there's nothing but bars. And the only way to meet people, like friends, coworkers, go go is to go out to a bar. Like, Drink on the beach. Exactly. Like, we are surrounded by it, so... I mean that that's always it's always a question, but what it comes down to is it's a gamble. Like and I'm from Nevada, so gambling that's a thing, <laughs> right? And that's what it comes down to. Like, yes, maybe you maybe you did, maybe you did not have a problem at that time. Maybe 
somebody, maybe people thought you had a problem, maybe people didn't think you had a problem, but like how, how much are you willing to bet on if it was or wasn't a problem? Yeah. Like, I mean, me, not so much. I would be in a ditch, probably dead. Like we talked about how small I am, like (laughs) uh, even 160 pounds back then I could drink a handle of alcohol in Mm -hmm. one night. Poor little body. Yeah. You got no business. Like, I mean, honestly, that's when I found out, like, I really realized I had a problem. Yeah. Is when I realized I could drink so much and still pretty much function the next day. Oh, and yeah. I was, I was drunk the next day, just going to work. Like, <laughs> still drunk. Yeah. Um, something I don't think I've ever really even asked you this is, um, did you go through all the steps with AA? No. I didn't think so. I'm a dry drunk. That's what they call it. A it's dry the, drunk? A dry drunk. Mm. So that, uh, an AA term, like, because AA, they want you to follow the, all the steps. Right. Go by the big blue book. Um, and I did not do that. I mean, mm. I, I, ideally, I was so young, it probably would have helped me if I did. Um, and especially because I had, like, the support to go through all of it. But I also had the lifestyle that's a lot of time and commitment to an AA sponsor, to all these steps, Mm -hmm. to all of these things that realistically I did not have at the time. So I still went to AA meetings, but... Which is great. Yeah, but um, yeah, dry drunk is the term. Like when you're, I mean, you're sober and you're getting through all of it but you're not you're not following the exact steps not to mention um the aa as a whole is very religious religiously oh, yeah. backed and i am not that's the main reason that, that i just never felt super connected to, to any of it yeah um last year i like had was one of those like hyper obsessive modes of wanting to go understand the um your, your, the biology of addiction, the cognitive function behind addiction, the neuro, um, gosh, my branch is not working today, but like the science, the neuroscience behind why and how and what progresses and what happens. And I thought I was, you know, kind of hoping even understanding addiction on just such a more deeper level, not just from a psychology standpoint, but from a science standpoint, I was hoping I would get home even more like maybe some empathy and feel like more compassion towards people who are addicts and uh had the opposite effect for some reason and it's me i mean i have from anybody who listened to my podcast here in the past if you're new hi also (laughs) didn't say hi before but i have zero like i just i grew up hating and so the reason i really wanted to go into criminal justice was to put idiots behind bars usually was drug addicts and stuff like that and holding people accountable for their actions and I keep attracting, I noticed last year, self-awareness tactic that I just kept attracting addicts into my life because I thought that's all I deserved and that's all I knew. Yeah. And I realized I was worthy of more and I wanted to be more. And then you just nonchalantly walked into my life, which was pretty cool. But I, when it came to AA and all of that stuff and Al-Anon, because I, you know, attended those meetings a few times actually last year, um, it was the religious part that just made me feel so disconnected. Yes. 
Which, and I mean, we've had these conversations before, like... It's definitely not bad. Like, I don't shame anybody for doing it, you guys. No, and it's not bad. It's just, it's so hard because... It's our doorbell. It is our doorbell. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, if if we changed a couple of words... Like, it's no, it's really no different than what we do believe in, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, if we, like... In a spiritual sense. Yes. In a healing we, sense. That's exactly. If we change a couple words, like, we are no different. Like, we, we see the same things. But my biggest thing in, especially with religious things, I don't want anything shoved down my throat. And that's the biggest thing, too, is, like, there's nothing wrong with, you know... You know, if the religious stuff works for people, like, that's great. That's cool. Like, we're not judging you for that at all. But, yeah, I just, especially with AA and going to my first AA meeting and, like, how nerve-wracking that can be, um, I was terrified. I was excited. Yeah. (laughs) But I was terrified. Luckily, I went when um, knowing somebody, I mean, you there to support. But there's also something kind of freeing about going somewhere and sitting somewhere just to listen where nobody knows you. Yeah, of uh, course. That's just, yeah, something I found really, really helpful. So, yeah, when did you know you had a problem? <laughs> um, well, I didn't think I had a problem. That's true. <laughs> I thought I was a 22-year-old living my best life. Um, For the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, I was getting into more fights. Mm. I was causing more issues. I broke my hand the night that <laughs> the last night that I drank. And it escalated, yeah. Yes. Um, I had also that was that was a that was a two week mark. So I had already like been talked to about my drinking and was gonna stop drinking, and it lasted about two weeks, and then I went on a bender. <laughs> Actually, I threw a party. I yeah, threw a party and thought it was bullshit. If everybody else gets to drink, why can't I? And so I drank and got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and you fighting while drinking is a big thing because you're, from what I hear and from what I've heard, you're very happy drunk. Um, I was. I mean, most of my fights were for good reason, If like if there is a good reason. It wasn't like I was just picking random fights. It wasn't, I wasn't a nuisance. Like, it was all, like, I did not want my friends to drive. And they wanted their keys. And so, like, that would turn, that would escalate. That would escalate. Yeah. Um, like, it was, it was always things like that. I mean, your energy just in general really reflects things back at people, which ignites a lot of anger and insecurities in them. It's literally, like, how your energy is designed. Yeah. So, yeah, fights. Fights with drunk people. Yeah, I did. I did all of that. And I remember calling my mom at, it was like three or four in the morning and I was sitting in the ditch. Like, it doesn't. That's the rock bottom. That's the rock bottom. There's the rock bottom. Three o'clock in the morning in a ditch, like calling her, telling her, I probably do have a problem and the people (laughs) around me are probably right. Um, And then she had, she had actually told me um, to videotape myself in that moment. Oh, wow. Like, videotape yourself, videotape, like, so that you can look back, and this was a mistake that I made, so you can look back and see how that moment felt, 
So anytime you think about drinking, like you look back on this video, you see that exact moment, like what you, what was like, what your face looked like, all these things. Well, I did not do that. And mm. because I did not do that, I was so much more destructive in my path of staying sober. Like instead of being able to look back on that video and see the pain that I was in, my brain went to if I break my hand that I broke that night, I'll feel the pain that I was in and I won't drink again. Trying to relive like that whole thing. Yes. So instead of it. yes. So instead of like pulling out that video and watching that, my brain went to hit anything you can to re-break that hand mm -hmm. to keep you from drinking. Instead of igniting the emotional pain from re-watching the video and like connecting to it that way, you were trying to do it in the physical realm. Yes, because I didn't have the any... The physical pain, not the emotional pain. Yeah, I didn't have that emotional pain. That was that was What gone. a caveman no approach. Yeah. <laughs> it was caveman, barbaric approach. But yeah. yeah, I mean... People, people use pain to cope all the time, especially when they, they feel super incredibly disconnected from their themselves and their body, and they use pain as a way to reconnect with their body and feel something yes. to help remember. Like we hold a oh, lot of tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Tattoos. People tend to get a lot of tattoos because they're trying to find a way to reconnect yes. that, that, that with themselves. Um, it's like why, why people go through big, you know traumatic events or major growth periods and they end up getting tattoos or dyeing their hair or doing something big and drastic as a, a attempt. Um, but yeah, using pain to cope is, it's not abnormal. No. It's a pretty natural, um, not healthy, but not normal or abnormal at all. I mean, I had um, a cutting issue when I was, or self-harm issue when I was younger. And anytime women come to tell me that like, you know, they had a cutting issue or a self-harm issue when they were growing up or younger, they, they always kind of talk quieter and they're shameful to even say it. And then they're like, but it wasn't that bad. It was just like little, like they feel like yeah. they have to explain yeah. their coping. And something at least here, I really try to grow is the space, the safety, the community for people to realize that they, it doesn't matter what you did. Um, what you did to survive, it's the fact that you survived in general. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, that was like a major huge thing is you have to start to let go of the shame that you're holding on yourself. Yeah. And to acknowledge you even have a problem. Yeah. I mean, and that's always, that's, that's, in itself is, I guess, the hardest thing. Like, nobody wants to be like, yeah, I... I'm an alcoholic. Have a problem. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, everyone's like, first well, time so I and said, so's worse. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Like, I can name five people yeah. that drink more than I do, so I do not have a problem. Yes. <laughs> like, but, like, those, and it's so funny because, like, okay, great. You have five people that drink more than you do. Do they, are their actions the same as yours? Like, yeah, nothing is an even exchange. No. And it really comes down to, like, yeah, it's the why. Yeah. It's like you, you have to be doing, like, I mean, doing it for the right reasons, the why. Um, for me, I quit drinking. It's like maybe, I mean, I feel like I have hit rock bottom many a times, but my why was me realizing I was using it as an unhealthy way to cope. Yeah. As a way to escape. Yeah. 
and escaping vulnerability with myself, escaping the shame and the fear and all that jazz also completely disconnects and numbs the potential for connection, growth, love. And when I realized I was using alcohol to escape, when I feel like I need anything, like I and I have been so traumatized that I want to be so incredibly independent that even when I have to need caffeine, I, I just am so incredibly uncomfortable. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when I realized that I found myself saying I needed something, to, like I needed a drink, and then I asked myself why. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't want that fear. And honestly, the fear of being, I love that one of my favorite things about you being sober is the fact that I don't have to have that fear of the unknown. Um, just growing up around the people, I mean, growing up and even in past relationships, when somebody's drinking, you just never know how they're going to respond to anything. You don't know if there's going to be a fight, if there's going to be a blow up, if there's going to be just something that comes out of nowhere. And that fear, um, when people are drinking, it's like they grab that drink and they drink it. That fear that I always had to live in, I hate and finally realized I deserve to not have to live in that fear. And I don't have to live in that fear with you. Like, ever. Yeah, this is true. I mean, you're so incredibly unpredictable as it is. Yeah. I never know what I'm going to get. Valid. Freaking personality I'm going to get. It's yes. the British woman that pops up to ask a question. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, and we have a few questions that some of our beautiful listeners popped in. Um this one's a really great one, um, and it really kind of comes down to what we were just talking about, too, but when do you give up trying for someone else's sobriety when they don't see they have an issue? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is a good one, and yeah. what it comes down to is nobody is going to get sober off drugs with alcohol, anything like that, because they are told to. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Like... I mean, it obviously hasn't worked, but go get a vaccine. And well, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, like, even if it did... Even if it did work and they listened to you and you somehow made it to where they agreed, like, it wasn't initially their want or even idea. Like, so... Realistically, like you're never gonna be able to force somebody to get sober. You're never gonna be able to talk them into it. Like they have to want it yeah. for themselves. You can't want things for other people. Yeah. And you can't will it. Yes. And with me, um, that was a that was a big struggle. Like I did not do it for myself probably for the first few years. Like at no point was it for me. Um and then I struggled with that afterwards. Like you had that, you start to build resentment mm-hmm. um, with people. With um, so much resentment can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Even with yourself, like it wasn't it wasn't me that wanted to do it in the first place. It was me being told, but and it took like almost that much more work to now stay sober. And make it what I wanted mm-hmm. instead of just wanting it in the first place and being able to work the steps because that's what I want. Or not not even, I didn't work the steps. I shouldn't even say it that way. Going through the motions of staying sober with 
me not being the one that wanted it. Like, so now I am trying to teach myself, this is what I want. I am doing this for me. Like, I am, it's not that person that's telling me not to drink every single second of every single day. Like, that's still me. Mm -hmm. Like, so it was just, it's hard. Like, it is hard. It is so hard. You, you want to help your loved ones. And I don't want, I'm not telling anybody not to help their, their loved ones. Like, of course. But the best thing they you can do, yeah, yeah. The best thing you can do is just not enable them. Yeah, really. and hold them accountable. And yeah, they say misery needs company. Like misery needs company. So people, without even knowing it, um, you ask them for twenty bucks, like because you spent all your rent money on alcohol. Like you ask them to, you know, like and people just do it because they're helping you. Like they're help. They think that they're helping you. But they're not helping you. No. Like, um... Drinking's so expensive. Oh my god, it's so expensive. <laughs> like, we've, like, looked even at my credit, and I'm st- it's still finally falling off from my drinking problem. Like, like all the bad stuff. It's like, so expensive. <laughs> like, like, I can't... And it's such a socially acceptable thing to, like, spend money on. It's, like, totally easy to go blow 150 bucks at, you know, at a bar yeah. one night. But it's like, such a, like, it's so hard to buy two pairs of pants for 150 bucks. I know. Yeah, it is. It's like, <laughs> it's the, the anchor and the value behind it for sure. Like, one of my sober wins is just the fact that I, we're now regulars at a home improvement store. Like, we go into Lowe's and people know exactly who we are since we completely, like, renovated the house as we were moving in. And I was like, what a freaking win. Like, we're regulars at a home improvement store and not a bar. Yeah. Love that for us. We have so much time that we're not waking up hungover. So much time. I would say the biggest, like, one of the struggles that I didn't realize I was going to have was, like, dropping weight significantly fast. Yes. Like, people were wondering what else was going on. Yes. Um, and we, oh, we were stressed out. There was a lot of going on anyways. But you just, you lose so much weight when you stop drinking. Guys, drinking makes you so fat. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so much like, inflammation, too. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. Like, like I said, 160 back then. Like, I'm lucky if I break 140 now. Yeah, and trying. You, like you saw <laughs> even with me in the last, you know, nine months. Yes. Like how like. Yeah. It's a major difference. Yeah. Um, just even trying to keep weight on. It's just it's so crazy. Um, yes. But yeah, that was a great question. Another one was dealing with addiction without transferring to another addiction which is pretty like it's pretty normal it is normal it's not uncommon at all it's just human behavior and habit shifting yes and it's i mean it is what the new addiction is like that be like that could potentially be a problem of course like i mean don't quit drinking and start smoking crack like (laughs) definitely don't do that um but your body goes through such a, like, quitting drinking alcohol, especially if you have a very severe alcohol addiction, that is, like, they say that is the hardest thing to to quit. Like, it does the most damage. Um, it is, like, for me, I, I did drop all of the weight super, super quick, but not only that, 
Like, I was almost in sugar withdrawals. Yeah, you were addicted to the sugar of all the rum and all that stuff. Um, So going through the sugar, like, detox as well as the alcohol. And, yeah, like, your body, your mind, everything. Your body doesn't even know how to function. Yeah, so so you... you're putting yourself in shock. Like, we, we quit doing something instantly, and, I mean... All the Skittles. All the what? Skittles. Oh, Skittles, yes. All the Skittles. <laughs> yeah, Skittles, Red Bull. Like, I still drink energy drinks every day, like... Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's picking what the next addiction is. It's not necessarily, like... It's not a bad thing to be addicted to reading books like it's not a bad thing I mean thing just the to... word addiction just implies a lot of shame around whatever it is it's just transferring your habits and refocusing your energy and, and putting it investing it in somewhere else yeah something else it's finding a vice a vice finding a um, vice to help you cope through it coping which could be an action it could be a, like a food, it could be drinks, it could be, you know, and that's not necessarily bad. It could be smoking. Like there is nothing wrong with that. You need to handle one thing at a time. If you're a smoker and you quit drinking alcohol and you're smoking a little bit more or doing anything like that, that's fine. Deal with that later on. Like I was taught, especially early on in the getting sober, like, those first two years are the most crucial. Like, yeah. don't make any changes. Don't worry about the things that you are doing, like, that are so minute when, like, drinks, food. Yeah, and we know with habit shifting, the most long-term, creating long-lasting change is doing one thing at a time. Yes. So, yeah, trying to completely reflip your entire world upside down isn't going to, like, it's, it's not an all or nothing mindset when it comes to just kick all addictions. Yeah. Take one thing at a time and the coping, the vice. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. Yeah. Find a healthy addiction. Yeah. Like I know that people are afraid of the word addiction, addiction, but you have to free the shame around it because you have to acknowledge it as something that you are overcoming and working with. If you constantly have just shame stuck to something that you're constantly working with every day, you're just going to grow more shame in your life. Yes. Um, yeah, that is exactly. There's, there's just... Healthy ways to cope is the is the, one of the biggest, I mean, the biggest pieces of advice I could give somebody. And finding healthy ways to cope is first you're going to have to start understanding and become self-aware and take accountability for the ways that you currently are coping and how it's affecting the other people in your life. And then understanding why you cope in those ways and finding healthy alternatives. You have to start to understand who you are and that's scary for a lot of people which is why a lot of people run and fail in the process it's not failing you're failing when you quit (laughs) it's figuring it out you're never failing you're figuring it out but when you decide to quit and walk away you fail to reach that success you only fail once you decide to quit yes okay Um, yeah that's fair yeah i like that yeah, because like you're always you were you were given two opportunities with everything you ever do is either the exact thing that you wanted, or it's the next, you know, it's the next piece to the treasure trail to get exactly what you need. 
And as long as you keep showing up, like you keep showing up at least, you know, statistically less than 10 times, you do it again, less than 10 times, like you will, you will succeed as long as you are adapting to all the obstacles and learning the lessons from the things that you do. But the, the lack of self-awareness and willingness to take responsibility for their actions is the biggest hurdle I see. People will be like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, I have issues. Um, but the reason I drank is because of everybody else. Yeah. Like the reasons they have these actions is everyone else's fault. And they're yeah. not willing to take full responsibility. That is... And it's hard to find healthy ways to cope when you can't acknowledge and take responsibility for the ways you are coping and the way they affect you and the people in your life and your universe. Things don't happen to you. They happen because of you are the cause of the effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a lot that I just spent. <laughs> I go oh, on my... Man, I don't know where to come off of this. Yeah, I, I, go, I go on my little rants all the time. I'm like, hey coming for that side rant and we just never know where we're gonna go um what would you say is the hardest part Mm. or what would you say even like what's one piece of advice or you would want want someone to know or all the above i don't know um i don't know like that is don't do anything within the first two years that's my first like don't make any big changes uh don't make your vice energy drinks. They will give you kidney stones. <laughs> Those are not fun. Stay um, hydrated. Drink water. Please yeah. drink water. Yeah, if water. you can make your vice water, that's brilliant. Especially early on, like every time you think about drinking, grab water. Like that's... Drink. Your body needs it. Yeah. Um, remove the people that... Like, how do you sit? I'm trying to say this, like, then, I guess the nicest way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all the bullshit people. Like, you learn really fast who your friends are when you are making a decision like this. I was different because I lied to all of mine. And I see people it. Who, for who they are. They're going to show you who they are. That's and exactly. See people for who they are. And when you are bettering yourself, that is threatening to other people. Um, no matter if they say it or not, like you bettering yourself, like they, they want you on their level. Yeah. Like, and my biggest thing, people used to argue with me, (laughs) like, and this is, this is like a whole nother side tangent. Um, people would argue like friends that I had back then, people that I met, like would argue, like you didn't have a problem. Well, how do you fucking know I didn't have a problem? Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. Yeah. Or people like, like to tell, like, people like to think. Yeah. You. Yeah. And, like, so the, the biggest advice is, like, don't be, like, don't be hurt. Be empowered when those people weed themselves out. Yeah. It's exciting. I love when my follower account drops after a controversial post. That means all the idiots are getting out of Dodge. Yeah. And if they're not on the same wavelength, you don't want them there in the first place. Yeah, people who are at a lower vibration than you will do anything they can to bring you down to their vibrational level. So they'll remind me of the person that you, they'll remind you of the person that you used to be just to make them feel better about the people they are now, like themselves now. 
Oh, of course. I've heard, I've heard all the cool stories and things I've done. Oh, like, yeah, right? <laughs> Even things you haven't Years done. later. Years later. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I would say, um, hmm, I would say that it's exhausting to be sober. That is one thing you're, you're going to, you're going to be exhausted and you need to validate mm-hmm. that because even on days where you feel like you haven't done anything or you haven't accomplished anything, whatever, you know, your ego gets swept up in what success really means. So if you haven't made a certain amount of money or talked to, you got enough attention for, you know, men, whatever it is that you're attached to success for that day, not drinking is an achievement. When it still took up energy. And it takes up so much energy. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like you consistently trying to fight to stay sober for your sobriety to grow is an exhausting thing. And yeah, it takes up a lot of energy. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to validate you. So if you're struggling with that and you're tired, (laughs) it's valid. You're not doing (laughs) (laughs) it. This is why. Yes. It is true. It does take up, like, no matter what, every day you're not drinking. Like, and it's not even like, and you, like, you say it like that, like, I wake up every day and I just don't do it, right? Well, it still takes something in you. Like, you have to tell yourself every single day not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you're just waking up and not thinking about it. Like, especially in a world. I mean, we watch Hulu and every commercial that comes on our Hulu is some version of alcohol. Yeah, these also always like these bitches know we're alcoholics. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they are targeting us. <laughs> They're like, let's see if you really mean it. Uh, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it definitely does take up energy. And yeah, it takes up energy, especially when you're at outings or at holidays. Like, yeah, I imagine holidays are exhausting. Um, but when people project their insecurities on you and ask a billion and a jillion questions, because everyone wants to know the story. Like, what's your problem? Like, did you have a problem? Yeah. Um, I'm like, do you really want to know the answer to that? Yeah. Because I promise, I promise you, you're going to feel shittier about yourself when I tell you. Yeah. Like, because... Realistically, I drink just like you are right now. Like, you know? I know when I see a lot of people drinking, I don't even really like going out to bars much anymore just because it's just you're surrounded by what feels, well, it's energetically draining, but just people trying to escape their lives. And why are you trying to, why are you building a life that you have to escape from? Yeah. And it makes me sad for people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maintaining... Sobriety requires support. Oh, of course. And you have to find those people. You have to weed out the shitty people. Um, And you have to find those people reaching out and finding those people to support you. And asking for help can be really, really difficult for a lot of people. Admitting you need help is really, really difficult for a lot of people. Um, But your support system is really, really important. Um, There's even online support groups. AA meetings are great. Um... I thoroughly enjoy them. I would go them to them more. I know. Um, I like them a lot too. Yeah, the one here is great. Yes. The one that we found. Like, it's just even, it's a, an incredible goal to just set, to just to go to one and then eventually setting goals to just go and say one thing, speak once, because it's an incredible part of your own growth and your own reflection to yourself because 
you're allowing yourself to finally be heard. And it, it's really hard to deal with addiction when you feel so incredibly unheard in all aspects of your life and out of control. But I know it's something they talk a lot about, and I, the questions I get a lot are uh, meditation. Meditation is really difficult. Oh, I know yeah. you you didn't even meditate until oh my gosh the the first retreat that we went to that was the first time you meditated really yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> which then all of the manifestations started coming through because you're a witch um, <laughs> um but meditation is something I know and I hear a lot about in like the AA and all that stuff and people are like I just don't know how to meditate I'm doing it wrong and that's really why I feel so called and pulled to just like make a little mini course or have a workshop um when it comes to how like how to integrate meditation into your lifestyle because it really is just about connecting with yourself and spending that time to understand yourself and grow strength in your brain so you can stay focused and do all the things so if you want to focus on staying sober it becomes easier and easier and easier yeah because you're mastering your brain and your mind and your energy. Um, just don't quit. Don't stop. You're not failing. You're figuring it out. Correct. Yeah. Is that um, all the questions you have? Yeah, so far. We kind of, that was just like a few hours ago. We kind of hopped, hey, look, 111, 2011. Adorbs. Adorbs. Is there any other stories? Like, I mean, maintaining and support is the biggest thing that people always ask. Um, yeah, and I mean, and that's why they have you get a sponsor. The accountability and, is huge. Yes, holding people accountable, yes. Um, I was very fortunate, like, I had my mom. Yes. And yeah, your mom being sober for, what, 10 years now? Yeah, 10 years. She's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't be alive if she didn't do it first, realistically. It is really nice, I will say, to go to places and family events now and, like, like you're sober, but also so is your mom. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> I know. It was always nice because, like, my mom and I could leave. <laughs> like, and just, like, when everyone was drinking, we just, like, at least we had each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people don't. Yeah. This is true. This is true. And that is, that is difficult. It is hard being the only person in... You know, like you said earlier, it's it's you're sitting in a fear. You're wondering what's going to happen. Like, even me being sober, going out to the bars with my friends, like, what's going to happen tonight? Like, <laughs> yeah, you just it's it just the major fear of the unknown. Um, and I, I do I think it's so interesting how you trained yourself to just fake it. Yeah. To the point where extreme things happened. Yeah. Where you really just had to commit. It was, it was rather impressive. You're, you're an impressive individual, my I know. love. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yes. Um, heck, I don't even really remember the exact day. I remember the last time I drank was St. Patrick's Day, but I just remember like one day I was just like, I'm done drinking. And yeah. you were like, okay. Yeah. And at any point, I know if I would have drank, you wouldn't have shamed me for it. Or instead, you would have asked me what I wanted. Well, and I did clarify with you. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your goal? Is your goal to quit drinking altogether because, like, it is becoming an issue, becoming a problem? It is a problem. It is it is an issue. Or are you putting yourself in check mm-hmm. was how I worded it. Because people do do that. I know someone who every so often when he feels like he needs to, he will put himself in check and not drink for 365 days. 
you know that's, and, that's beautiful yeah i mean there there are so many different ways the so self-awareness and self-mastery that comes behind being able to do stuff like that yeah exactly so by me understanding what your your goal is it also it makes it easier for me like i've been doing this for seven years and i can't tell you how many times i have had people like come forward and ask me all these questions and want to be able to text me at all hours of the day because they want help in getting sober but then friday rolls around and they're out drinking with all their friends which is fine but Tell me what your goal is. Do you want to stay sober Monday through Friday? Like, do you want to, are you, do you want to put yourself into check for 30 days? Like, are you trying to sleep with me? Are you, are you trying to do that? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, what is the goal? And by both of us, I mean, you and I being like, when we both know the goal, we know how to help each other. You gotta, gotta support. Stop. Lying to yourself. Be realistic. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. your goals are and what you're actually trying to do and accomplish. Yeah. I mean, and realistically, like, the scariest thing in the world is to say, I'm never going to do this one thing another day in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the hard, like, that's what we are going, like, that's what our goal is, right? But out of all the options, that's the scariest one. Yeah. Like, I mean, I totally have times where I'm like, you know, I really miss just having, like, a cold... Um, like hard cider. Uh, like it's like I'm, I'm never gonna do those again. Like I'm never, I'm never gonna have like you know, yeah. those moments with sunset on the beach, drinking at the sunset. Yeah, but why can't you drink water and we create those sunset memories on the beach? I know, right? <laughs> I know. It was like, like yeah, that, but that's the thing. Like we are, we are trained, especially like from a young age. You know, like you. You're waiting for the day that you turn 21 to be able to go out and drink with your friends and celebrate good things, celebrate... Legally. That's the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legally. Legally. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we, as a society, we drink when we're happy. We drink when we're excited. We drink when we're sad. Mm -hmm. We drink when our girlfriends cheat on us and we're angry. We drink for every emotion that a human being goes through, that is an okay reason. It's societally acceptable. To drink. Exactly. So, like, and I think that we had the, I think we had a conversation one time when I was like, explain to me what the difference is. Like, if we are in this exact same spot right now, and there was alcohol in your hand versus the Red Bull that you have in your hand right now, what would be different? Well, nothing. We'd be in the same exact spot with the same exact people. It's just how you look at it now. Like, you can tell yourself all day long, well, this sucks. I'm not drunk. Like, I, if I was drinking, I would be so much more fun. Yeah. Well, why? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. why is it that one thing that... Takes the edge off. Takes the edge off, that makes you more fun, that makes you all these things. Like, when I drank, I was a quiet human being, which I know is really hard for most people to believe. <laughs> I was that quiet kid. I was, the, I was the quiet teenager. Like, drinking was my excuse to be outgoing. Now, when I had to fake it and I was sober, <laughs> like, I trained myself. Like, it doesn't matter where you are or what's in your hand. If you want to be that loud, fun person at the bar, be it. 
Who cares what's in your hand? Like, it makes no difference if there is any type of alcohol in your hand versus any type of water, juice, Red Bull, whatever it is. Like, be what you want to be. Do what you want to do. You're in the exact same spot, only there's one tiny thing different in your hand. Mm-hmm. What was it? That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> My rant. <laughs> yeah, you have to understand yourself. Yeah. It's like, well, why? It's like, well, I can't go out there and dance on the dance floor because I'm not drinking. Well, why not? It's like, well, I don't have confidence. Okay, why not? It's like, why do you trust yourself more when you're drinking to just go out and do things? Yeah. Like, you have to start to ask yourself these questions. Yeah. You don't magically have, like, it's not this juice that you drink and all of a sudden your little your little uh, meter for your confidence goes boop, 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 all the way up. That's not, that's, that's not how it works. Like... And that's exactly. When I was shit house drunk, I didn't dance. I'm not a dancer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not that like I'm not. So when I was sober, I still wasn't a dancer. Like but when I was drinking, I was loud, I was confident, I was all these things. Well, I was still those things when I was sober. I just thought like it's like you're like you're, you blame alcohol for everything. Well, you're also giving it that power by saying, oh, that's what made me like that. Well, no, you are like that. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's my other rant. That's your other rant. <laughs> well, this was great. Um, if you guys have any other questions or want us to talk about any other things, especially with topics like this, we would absolutely love that. Again, please go ahead. I would love, love, love if you could go ahead and leave us a review so we can get out to more people, share this with your friends, come say hi to us on Instagram. I'm the free spirit underscore Barbie. Yours is just... Go ahead and try. What is yours? X underscore K underscore Scotty with some numbers? Yeah, 72 because that's the Harley I ride. Nice. That's why. I just made you sound so cool. I am so cool. (laughs) I've been wearing sunglasses this entire time. This entire time. My future is so bright. I wear my sunglasses during podcasts. I'm going to put that as the preview. You should. so much fuck I just got that, that I should have recorded that on my phone That's I know please message us anytime um, we actually do we have a community meeting um, called grounded for growth for female entrepreneurs just looking to go like co-work and sit and hang out together Houston and I are both on those calls yeah. um, every other Friday um, if you want more information on that it's a completely free group and community where we get on and just have like-minded um, other badass CEO sisterhood kind of tribe thing that we hang out and talk and have business building discussions and just, yeah, come hang out with other people who just get what the struggle is and also want to grow with you. Just a bunch of really cool people. Last one was, last week was really fun. Yeah, there was like eight people yeah, that showed up. It was so great. And there were a lot more people who wanted to come who couldn't. So it's just going to be a community that grows and it's completely free. Please check it out. We'll have it in the show notes below. Otherwise, it's freespiritbarbie.com forward slash co-working oh, that made me sound so fancy love that Ooh. so please <laughs> go ahead shoot this to your friends um family share if you go ahead if you screenshot and share this and tag either of us in on instagram in it as well you'll get extra drawing into for one of the freebies that we constantly have going out all the things um but also we just want to connect with you don't we want to we want to know who's listening to us i'm really curious yeah i like the questions too that we get 
Yeah, the questions are fun. We'll definitely do more of those. Yeah. Um, but like always, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Go drink some water, protect your energy, all the big bad things. And um, we'll talk next, next time.